What's up, Luca Nation? We're uh, we're about to drop another episode for you, but um, you know, I want to take a second. We've been uh, been working hard to bring you uh, sponsor partners, and uh, we have two of them. And I wanted to uh, remind you of the two, and make sure you knew about uh, you know the value add that they have for you, Luca Nation, um, Gem Mint Studios, which you can find their uh, their Gem Mint collection trio at GemMintPhotography.com. GemMintPhotography.com. You have a promo code of Luca Nation ten at GemMintPhotography.com for 10% off and uh, most recently we've partnered with Thrive Fantasy that's thrivefantasy.com with your promo code of LUCANATION20 you deposit $20 and they will give you $20 to match that for free um, again you know we're going to keep bringing you free content but we also want to at your request uh, you know bring you a couple of uh, partners uh, something that'll be a value add to you guys in your uh, in your hobby journey and please message us um, you know if you want us to reach out to other sponsors or you know or for our next sponsorship partner you know uh, if you guys have some ideas please we answer all our messages and we'd love to hear from you guys thank you and enjoy the episode Welcome back, Luca Nation. End of the week. We got the weekend coming up. Cage has already deemed it not as fun because he has to go back into the office next week. But I'm pretty excited with football coming up, uh, the Lakers series starting up. So, And, and we brought a lot of content to Luca Nation this week, and uh, they listened to a ton of it, and we've had a ton of good feedback. So I'm excited to just bring two plays here today. And, uh, you know, I want to recap some things. Burrow cool. versus Baker. Yeah. Uh, the heat and then the scuffle in the locker room. So a lot of good stuff. Listen, here. I'll I'll let you do your, your thing and recap. I just got to start off by saying, you know, this is the first day of month three for, uh, for the Lucas Tigers and bronze. Oh my podcast. We got to say, thank you. We, uh, we posted a nice thank you this morning on Instagram showed that we, uh, you know, on our two month anniversary, two month birthday, I don't know what exactly you call it. You know, I, I still feel like we're in our honeymoon phase, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm still buying, I'm still, I'm, I'm still opening the door for you and still buying you flowers. Give us a month. We'll see what happens. I'm going to be closing the door on your fingers, but, um, it's, yeah. So it's day one and month three. And I'm looking back on month two, as opposed to month one. I mean, we tripled the amount of listeners from one month to the next, you know, quadrupled actually, you know, we had 2,500 at the end of one and, and 10,000 at the end of uh, two. And, uh, somehow, even though we were able to put out 31 episodes in month one, one a day, we were able to top that and throw 34 new ones out in month two. I don't know how we're going to beat that in month three. I mean, we can't do two a days, but uh, that's a lot of content, 65 episodes in two months. So we we'll hope you're enjoying it, guys. I mean, we're really doing this because, you know, a lot of these episodes, especially the bonus ones and the guest ones, you guys are asking for this stuff. Um, and it's a good, good spot to, you know, to tell you, you know, we're listening. If you have any other ideas for additional, um, you know, guests or episodes or stuff you want us to talk about, let us know. Um, you know, Andrew came with a great suggestion yesterday about how to buy raw newer cards that are just being released. Um, you know, maybe we can do an episode like that. We had a couple of, uh, a couple of comments about that portion of Andrew's tip yesterday. Um, but whatever you want to hear, let us know. And really, we just want to thank you and we hope to continue growing with you guys. So thank you. Well, Kate, yeah, one thing ahead. we have to talk about next month is, is October baseball, man. And if oh, I yeah. know anything, October baseball hits different. It uh, does. The games are more intense. I love playoff baseball because every pitch kind of feels like it counts, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So that's exciting. Um, 
well, listen, you know, I'm a Yankee fan, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of what the White Sox are doing. I see some younger teams actually in a short season doing this stuff. I see the Padres in the West. I see the White Sox here in, uh, in the American League. It's going to be fun to watch. It's a different postseason with eight teams from each league getting in and, you know, the different format bubble now. Um, as we talked about it yesterday, the home teams are not really getting rewarded for, you know, for playing well, you know, the Dodgers are not going to get, uh, you know, quote unquote home field advantage, either the Yankees, you know, it's really just get in and, and the sites are neutral. Um, but it, it, it's still exciting. I mean, playoff baseball is, is a lot of fun and, uh, you know, I'm a Yankee fan and it's, it's odd when you get to see something that's never happened before, but the Yankees uh. last night became the first team ever to hit six home runs or more in three, in three consecutive games. And they did it on the back of one inning that had five home runs in one inning last night. And I don't know if you guys remember about a week, week and a half ago, I made Gleyber Torres my play and he has been on an absolute tear since then. He wore glasses one game. He put like, so they're calling them like Gleyber glasses. They make a t-shirts about it too, but it's like superstitious now. I mean, he's on a tear with those glasses on. So I think you're going to see. Bobish head too, man. Bobish head, you made that play. And yep, he's, head. he's back and the hair is flowing. But it's funny the Yankees is my pick, but I don't want to. I don't want to get to the picks yet. I want to hear your 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 take on it. We had some crazy sports stuff last night. I actually played um, a a two fantasy things last yeah. night in Thrive Fantasy app. I actually put in, you know, I figured, hey, you know, just like our cards, right? We're riding along with our listeners. You know, you you know, if we're gonna recommend it, we're gonna use guys. I'm gonna give you some time to buy it. And I'm gonna buy it myself. But same thing with the with the Thrive Burrow app. Burrow Baker. So the Burrow Baker one, believe it or not, I did not finish in the money because I had over yards on Baker and it was over 225 and he had finished with 218 because he didn't throw for like the whole fourth quarter. And that last drive where they were going to take the clock out and they just hand off, hand off, hand off, hand off. We would have one throw. If they, if, I mean, the Bengals knew what was coming. You know, they knew what was coming. Like if they could have stopped it once and one throw, that was the difference. It, that, it's fun fantasy because it gives you something else to watch for while you're doing it. But I actually did a basketball one and one on a basketball one. I did two ones, one baseball, one basketball. And I won by, it's funny how you lose by seven yards on the Baker Mayfield, but I won by Marcus Smart had over 21 and a half rebounds, assists, and, uh, and points totally. You wound up with 22 combined. So by half a point, I wound up in the money on that one. It's fun. It's just a different way of, of you know, what of, of playing the so sport. About? So what's up? He stormed in the locker room and they were throwing some shit. By the way, I'm, when I, when I play sports, I'm kind of similar, a little bit of a hothead. Uh, so I, I don't. If I was, if I was him, what I'd be pissed off about is the Jalen yeah. Brown kept taking every damn shot. That's you what I'd be pissed them? off about. At the end, there, if you if you rewatch it, you'll watch the last couple of minutes. Jalen Brown seemed to be taking all the shots, and he was not hitting them. Three on the threes at the end of the game, dude. He was he was not eight for fourteen, two for four from three. He hit the last two threes to catch them up, and then uh, no. But after that, after that, just the very end, second three. That was a wide open three from the corner. He had it, but did he get it? So what is he bitching and about? Before that, huh? no. I'm just telling. Listen, I don't know what Marcus Smart was mad about. Maybe he's mad that he's on a team that's going to get swept. I have no idea. But if I were him, he. It seems like at the end of the game, he was open a couple of times, and the ball kept going to Jalen Brown. And instead of him taking a shot, throwing it back, obviously Smart had a good game. Um, it looked like Jalen Brown, as soon as he got the ball in his hand, was just shoot, shoot, shoot. And yeah, he hit some. But obviously, you know, and not to mention, maybe he was pissed off the way the game ended because there was like 10 seconds left and no one fouled or seven seconds left. And they couldn't yeah. get a foul on, on the Heat. I mean, the game was still, obviously, after Boston didn't score there, the game was not completely over yet. You know, you could have made Miami go to the free throw line and make the free throws. I've seen the last eight seconds of games last five minutes. 
you know, if they played the right way and you have enough timeouts to advance the ball and you're a good three-point shooting team. Maybe he's just mad that after they missed their shot, no one fouled. I, I think the big turning point was um, it was 89-94 with like three minutes left and Jimmy Butler had the steal. He mm-hmm. saved it. And if you yeah. rewatch the replay, uh, Jason Tatum has a chance to get back on defense and block the block the shot. And he, no, kind he doesn't. Of, he doesn't. He hesitates. And that's a huge play. That's a five-point I've been play. very unimpressed by Tatum. Very unimpressed by Tatum. And, and maybe it's because everybody has such high expectations of him, and I've never liked him. I own now I own now three Tatum cards. And I can't even say I own them because they're not in my hands yet. But my, uh, you know, my son and I opened a box of Optic earlier in the year, like a mega box or one of these boxes that comes with the red and yellow parallels. And in the box, we got, you know, the red, yellow optic parallels. So in the box, we got a red, yellow Tatum and two base Tatum optics. And I sent all three of them in in a bulk sub. And I got the grades yesterday. And we got an, uh, on the bases, we got a nine and a 10. And on the red, yellow, we got a 10. Nice. So Ian, Ian just gets all those. He just have them in his, in his, in his collection. I'm not a Tatum guy. You've got a ton of subs back recently. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm waiting for this one to come back. It was shipped. I'll get it next week. But, but yeah, I've gotten, I was submitting a lot. I was submitting a lot, you know, April, May, June, and they're, uh, they're all coming back now. I won't get any for a while because the, the next one I subbed, actually, I submitted it in, in the beginning of July or maybe even June 30th. I think I sent it in, but it wasn't logged in by them until August 15th. Can I add something to Luke yeah. and him that I think, you know, I, every episode I jump on here and I want to think, how can we help them, right? Yeah, we add value. Well, that's why we're here, right? Well, that's why we're here. But and I, I'm not <laughs> every show who thinks like that before they start off. It's not about me, and it's I don't want to hear myself talk. And one thing I've learned from you is you keep a detailed Excel spreadsheet with all of your cards. Everything. I want to talk to them about that, right? Because we're talking to Luke and Asian. We're like, here's this Gemmet Photo Studio. It's going to make your business, uh, your photos more clean and professional. Well, keeping your books is also a way of professionalizing what we're doing. It's also a way to understand and take the emotion out of buying and selling. So yep. what do you look for when you uh, keep your books? What are some like, you know, if, if you give a crash course and someone's just starting up, what would you recommend? What, what would they track? So I like, to, I like to tally up by PSA sub. So when I'm buying things, I'm buying things with an eye towards how I'm gonna sub. Um, and usually it's because I buy in bulk. Right. So if I'm buying, you know, let's just say we give a, a play today and it's a $5 card and I go out there and I buy 20 of them. All right. And I pay a hundred bucks for them. I will go on Excel and I will put in a line PSA sub. And I put this month on it, you know, September. And I'd say, you know, first line, uh, I don't know what, what, what we're going to call it. Oh, Who knows? Oh, you know, uh, Andrew oh, Goldberg, uh, PSA 10, you know, or Andrew Goldberg raw number 288. And I put it in there and it's $5 per 20 total spend a hundred dollars. You know, if there's tax or if this, I put in the whole cost on it. And then I would do that for, you know, five, 10, however many items that I buy in September that are all going to go into one sub until I get to a hundred cards and I'm ready for a bulk sub. And then I tallied up at the bottom. And then after I do the submission, I tally up on the bottom there, how much I am paying for the sub. So if it's a bulk sub and it's $9 per and it's 40 bucks with shipping and insure, I put $940 or whatever it is. And at the end, I come up with a total number that's $1,500. And then I know to come back to that sub in three months or two months or four months or, when, or whenever that sub comes back. And I know when those hundred cards come in, I'm into that sub for $1,500. Yep. And then if I start selling them, I sell and I, I take off, you know, basically I'm matching up against that 1500 that I'm into the sub 
oh, I just sold this one for 100. I sold this one for 50. And before you know it, you've sold 30 or 40 of the cards and your money into the sub is gone and everything else is profit. You know, yep. and that's how you keep track of the stuff, right? You want to make sure you're not losing money on these things, right? I even got me a little further and I put, if I'm buying on eBay, who the eBay name is. So that mm. way, if I buy 20 cards from an eBay seller and the grade come back and all 20 of them are nines or there's one 10 in it or something like that, I now know that eBay seller is somebody I'm not buying from again when I'm buying the raw cards. Really smart. And you've used that to go back mm-hmm. and for seller's mm-hmm. items? Yep. That's really smart. That's such a, such a hack because then you could find two to five sellers that you know you could go to for raw cards. Correct. Breakers, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's really, really smart. I like that play. Yep. So it's just fun. I mean, it's more about keeping track of your stuff, right? Because, you know, especially someone like me, I mean, I got, I have four subs that I could do tonight if I found the time to submit four bulk subs, right? So, but, you know, you can get lost in the shuffle. You know, if you keep track of your stuff, then you can understand what you're doing with it and, you know, whether or not you're actually, you know, doing well or not, you know? So exactly. two things I'm hearing is getting lost in the shuffle and taking the emotion out of, out of it, right? So I got two subs back this week. Uh, one were Kobe rookies and the other were like kind of throwing cards. And at first, I was a little disappointed with my results from the Kobe rookies, right? Uh-huh. All of them nines, no tens, a few eight and a halfs, and a few eights. Uh, but remember, these are 24-year cards. So I went back to my sheet, and then I look, and I'm like, well, I'm into these cards for 25 to 30 bucks. Yep. I look at the say nines, they're selling for 250 So I'm like, okay, yeah, would I have wanted a 10? I, I would have wanted a 10, of course. But my profit is already baked in. I've already yep. made money. And having that tracking actually is like, okay, well, this was just another business transaction. It's a victory. I'm going to start selling them off. I'm going to send them to Wharf, actually. Uh, and Let's now- shout out the Wharf on this stuff, right? Before you even, before you go, let's just take a pause. The Wharf, I sent my second uh, eBay consignment to the Wharf sports cards, and it was supposed to arrive today. And I saw that he was doing a story sale. So I messaged him and I said, um, I said, hey, Wharf, I think my cards are arriving there today couple of them are probably good for a story sale. So if you, you know, if, if you get them and you want to add them to your story sale, go right ahead. I got like a PSA 10 Josh Allen. You know, I mean, that's one somebody will scoop up in 35 seconds. Yep. And he writes me back. He's like, hey, your stuff arrived early yesterday and I already have them up on eBay. I hope that's all right. And I'm like, all right. Holy cow. You know, like, like if everybody did that, forget about it. It would be the greatest thing on earth. And trust me, the, the other consigners out there that have been holding my cards for a month, uh, they don't do that. So that's why I was shocked by that. Never in a million years did I think that one, he would get it early. And two, by getting it early, he already has them listed. I mean, some of this stuff already has huge bids on them and I didn't even know they were up. It's crazy. I love it. And, and guys, I, I think that's it's efficient. so important. Very efficient. And uh, I think it's really important Like we've talked about like separating your PC from like, the cards that you want to save for your personal collection. For the cards, uh, that's funny. I love. I wish they could have seen your face there. <laughs> for the cards. Oh, listen, I'm trying to get rid of the uh, the you know the ambient noise in the background for you, right? But uh, you know, I, I seem to not be able to do it. <laughs> it's not for me. I could see you, so we're, we have a conversation. It's for Luke and Asian. Uh, you, you're doing great for me. But the point is, you could create a real business out of it, right? You have books, you have professional photos, you have someone to consign through. Now it's just a conveyor belt. That's how I see it. And then from that conveyor belt, you could, and I've mentioned this before, put some money back into raw cards that you could grade again. And you could finally get that PC item, that card that you really wanted. And you could go ahead and use some of your profits for that. And I love that system because I'm a big believer that systems scale, right? If you really want to go from making 5,000, 10,000 to 20 to 50,000, you have to create systems. 
And I think what we've described with taking good photos, buying raw from breakers, uh, keeping track of your cards, submitting to a uh, sending to a consigner to, to flip for you. Um, I think that's really important. I think it's going to help people in a lot of ways. Yeah. Listen, I love it. And I love the tip about keeping a spreadsheet because just a, a perfect example is my most recent return. It is the worst gem rate I've ever gotten. And I got upcharged on it. And I called PSA to give them the authority to still charge me the extra five, $600 in upcharges for nines on some of these cards. And I'm doing it and I'm mad. I call Andrew and I'm mad. And I write on all the groups that I'm in, I'm mad while wow, they're upcharging me. What the hell is this? You know, this is crazy. You know, when I submitted the card, it wasn't just, it didn't cost this much money. And how can they upcharge me? How can they upcharge me a different upcharge whether the car gets a nine or a 10, like that is just absurd, right? So, I call them and, you know, the customer service at PSA basically was like, you know, first of all, they were great because they're like, look, I just do what I'm told. Like I'm told to charge you, you know, like I don't, I don't grade the cards. I, I just get something in my, on my desk and I say, can, you know, is this okay? You know, I'm not in charge of your gem rate and whatever, but the guy did go as far as to say, look, I sub myself, you know, like I, I, you know, I'm a card person myself. He pronounced a lot of the guys in my subs names the right way. Um, and he's like, I can tell you if, if, if what you're telling me is you're seeing a lower gem rate for the last six months, you wouldn't be the only one. And this is not the first time I've heard this today. It's not the first time I've heard this this evening. So, you know, obviously I don't know why, I don't know what the story is, but you know, even, even the PSA employees have to concede that they're grading cards tougher and the gem rates that used to be 75, 80% are not going to be there, especially on certain cards that we could probably all name. But the, the point that I'm trying to make is I was mad about that that upcharge. I was mad about that because now, you know, my bulk sub is going from a thousand dollars to $1,600, but I go back and I, I take my time and I put it back in the spreadsheet and those hundred cards, a lot of those cards were, were nines because they were cards that I broke with Ian and I would never submit for myself, but he wanted them in slabs, you know, some revolution Chinese new year stuff. I give him credit. He actually got a 10 on a Giannis, which is a pretty cool card to have. It's not one to sell. It's just a cool shiny card for him to have. Uh, but you know, like lime green, court king you know Kristaps porzingis where even if it got a 10 it would sell for like eight dollars but it didn't get a 10 you know so there were cards like that in there and that obviously decreases the you know the overall gem rate but when i put the cards into my spreadsheet and i saw that i was into this hundred card sub for less than um 2500 even with the grading fees and i added up what the cards should sell for and it was over 20 grand obviously i was not that upset anymore with the grades you know a lot of that is that the cards just have appreciated a lot since i subbed them but um you know it really is it's like you know like like, like andrews has to say like a little wusa light the incense you know uh run a bubble bath he's a big bubble bath guy uh hmm. you know play some sade and then he told me it was actually shot day i didn't know that i just thought it was sade um just words describing but you're able to go from an emotional state to yep. a clear rational okay i'm i'm just making money hundred percent. And even if you're not, even if you know, you're, you're justifying why and you're learning the lesson for what you did and what you can do differently next time, which is great. Um, you know, I love the tip. So let's go talk to me about some basketball, talk to me about some sports and then give me a tip. Transition. Um, I think in basketball, I was thinking about this theory. When a player is really successful, it's when his stats are run through the filter of an eye test. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. huge stats, but when you run them through the filter of an eye test, you clearly see the stats are a little bit of a mirage. That doesn't make him a bad player. That just his stats are overinflated. Same thing with James Harden, right? You'll watch him. I'll be like, wow, this guy puts up 30 points a game, 10 assists, 
But then you go and you watch the eye test and you're like, oh, he has the ball in his hands for 20 seconds. So that's why he has all the assists, right? He's the, really the only one holding the ball all, all, uh, all possession. He has 30 points, but 12 of them come from the free throw line. Okay, so you, he doesn't show up in big games. So when I think a player runs through, he has good stats, and he passes the eye test, that's when I think you have something, right? Yep. Now, off the top of your head, after when I said that, who, who's a player that comes to mind? Who passes the eye test or doesn't pass the eye test? He has great stats, and he also passes the eye test. Hmm. Someone who's playing now? Or just anyone? Matter. Anyone. No, oh, so, I mean, listen – Obviously, the true greats do. Uh, uh, LeBron does. You know, LeBron passes the eye test. I mean, this guy, he looks like his stats. As a matter of fact, when he's playing and he's playing well, he looks like his stats should be even more. Um, you know, I think Steph Curry passes the eye test. You know, there are, there are guys out there who you look at them, you watch them playing, you're like, wow, this guy is for real. He's legit. He doesn't look, you know, there, I think the Russell Westbrook, if I just watch his games and wasn't tallying the points and wasn't looking at a stat sheet, I would think he was like a 12-8 and eight player. Not, you know, double that. Um, but, yeah. So, I, mean, I could probably name 10 people that are like that. You could. Uh, name the, the – pass the eye test? Sure. Yeah. I mean, all time? Like Michael Jordan? Or are you no, just talking about playing, playing now? Might be a little tougher. Uh, um, you know, I'd like to say, like, Anthony Davis, but I see him take some time off. But he, he's very, very good. I think, uh, you know, Anthony Davis is one of those guys that, like, if you watch him play. Um, Giannis? Giannis, it's, it's like full, full, full bore the whole time, right? So I like Giannis because he's only playing in 30 minutes and he seems to be scoring every minute. So um, about Giannis. Now, if I told you, uh, let, let's talk about Giannis and then this guy, Luca. Does Luca, Luca definitely. Luca, Luca surpasses the eye test because the whole offense runs through him. So his stats, it's, it's basically every play, there's some sort of a stat accumulation for him. He's either going to be catch, he's either going to be assisting it, he's going to be shooting it, or he's probably going to get a rebound when whoever it is who passed it and shot it missed. So, so this, is a, this is a play that I've been doing more research on than I typically do. Um, and, and the reason why is because he has so much supply in his cards, right? Yes. Yep. We talk about, like, that's a little bit weird, right? It's kind of wonky. Like, uh, okay, we get how good Luca is, but there's so many of his prism relative to Giannis, right? Yep. But this play, that's my play for today. And this is a really long-term play. Uh, and I was sitting What's the play? What's the play? It's Luca. Luca, what? I love how you, um, for you, it's, it's like we give them the exact pick and the exact. I have to. I have to. Otherwise, they're going to message me and be like, what was this pick again? <laughs> so tell well, Luca Prism what? It's the strategy. Okay. And I think long-term, I love Giannis. And Bro Namath was kind of getting into my DMs and kind of annoying me comparing Harden to Giannis. Uh, they're not even close to the same players. Giannis is on the come up. He get, he's been getting better every single year. Uh, he's just miles above. I'm not. I'm gonna do. Not gonna do it justice right Huge now. Huge difference. Huge. People actually. People like Giannis, whereas the Harden kind of. I think long term, if I had to pick, I would take a Luca Prism PSA 10 or a Luca Silver PSA 10 over a Giannis card, and his okay. card is a third of the value. A third of the value. So remember a few, about a month ago, we talked about, would you rather have a Giannis silver or a Luca silver? Mm-hmm. From that day, this is when the research started. I really wanted to find out what's a better long-term investment. And Luca's a guard, one that's always positive in the hobby. Two, Luca is someone who had stats this whole year, but in the playoffs and in these last, this bubble, he's completely blown out the eye test. You would never have imagined oh, yeah. giving the business to the Clippers. And say what you want about the Clippers. That's still a really good team. 
Oh, yeah. Like he did. So, for me, Luca Prism is the play. And I, I would buy a silver. I really would. I would trade into a silver. I'm actually even thinking of, thinking of trading my Jordan PSA 8 for a silver. Wow. Uh, I think right now is actually a time you could get it cheap. And I'm, I don't want to say cheap. I want to say discounted is a better way to put it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so six grand's not cheap to most it's people. Not, but it's discounted relative. If you look at a Giannis silver, it's a $30,000, $40,000 card at some points, right? So it's discounted. Someone's into it for maybe 1000 1500 and they're willing to trade their Luca silver for some of your lower end PSA 10s, like four or five of them. So that's my play. And if you can't afford I like it. it. I actually oh. do like it. I only, so, and here's what's fun. With all the supply out there, and I've been collecting cards you know, for quite some time, you know, the last couple of years of basketball, and I'm stockpiling cards, I can tell Luca Nation right now, you know, I have Zions up the wazoo. I got Jaws up the wazoo. I got you know, all kinds of cards, but I have one Luca base and one Luca silver in PSA 10. So with all the supply that's out there, it's not a, something that I've stockpiled. Now I sold some; I probably shouldn't have. But uh, you know, that's I like it because you know, with, with, with the kind of supply. Just took a second theory on top of that. So you talk yep. about supply. Mm-hmm. I think supply needs to be broken into two categories: active and passive supply. Right. So like you, you see when Probstein lists a lot of like ten Luca Silvers, mm-hmm. PSA, and yep. someone buys that for sixty-five thousand. Sixty-five grand, passive. yeah. So I just checked that just happened. That's yep. passive supply. That's not someone that's going to put it right on back onto eBay and flip it. No, they'll, you'll never see those 10 again. They're going in a safe and somebody's hoping that they go to 100,000. Exactly. So with these newer Prism cards, there's a lot of supply. But I think over time, what happens is the guys that overperform, like Luca, become passive supply and way less is available. Where guys like Zion, who I don't think the market trusts, He's always going to have a ton of active supply. People it makes buy. sense. It makes a lot of sense. So it's not just looking at the pop report. One, no. one pop report on one player is not the same as another pop report on another player. And you could have a higher pop, but less active supply out there. It's a great point. It's something I don't think I've ever really thought about. And I like it. I like it a lot. So for those of you guys out there who don't want to spend $2,000 on a pick, uh, I'm going to give you mine. Um, I'm a, and I got two. because you know, not I mean, spending $2,000 on a pick. It's uh, episodes are their culmination. They're a series of steps. They're a mastermind. They're, I like that too, by the way. I like that too. I like it too, real quick. And then I want to say what you like because I love compliments. Um, So I I can't wait for that. (laughs) It's a series of steps. It's how to move from one asset to another. None of these to me are you're buying something. You're not buying like freaking uh, like a TV for your house that's just going to sit there. These are assets that you're trading in and out of. And cash is just an asset. No, but listen, so I, I like it. And here's, here's, here's the thing, right? So be, beginning of the season, we were high on Fernando Tatis at $80, $85 for his PSA 10, right? And, um, you know, if you wound up buying, you know, 10 of those for 800 bucks, um, you know, you, or how, I mean, you didn't have to buy 10. Let's just say you bought 10 of them for 800, for $800. You could sell those now and make over $2,000. Mm-hmm. And you could turn that into a Luca. You could turn part of those into a Luca. So really, Andrew is talking about that trade up. It's, you know, build on the tips, build on your collection, turn some smaller cards and some smaller sales, some smaller flips into bigger stuff. So I, I do like that. And it is good advice for, for our crew because, you know, some of these winners are not long-term winners. Some of these winners are ones where you should try to sell out and capitalize on them if you can. And There's you know, do that trade. You could do that trade in one hour. You post that on a Facebook group. You say, 
Uh, five Tatis plus cash for a Luca Prism 10. I always like to leave the cash as the variable mm-hmm. as opposed to try and go all cards. So I love doing that. Like five Tatis plus cash. Right. So right now you could probably sell the Tatis for 200. They've dipped a little bit. Uh, yep. And we can talk about your boy because I think uh, he's a rookie. At the end of the day, you're going to have, you're going to regress. I wouldn't panic too much about it. But you can uh, say- I think he's great. I think he's still going to win the NL MVP. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of game to play and he's still, you know, neck and neck with bets. Yeah. My play, you ready? I got play. Oh, real quick. Yeah. The, the, the oh, five to T's plus cash. Oh, you got to run. Yes, go ahead. So, so, so I have two picks for you today in different areas. And it's funny how, you know, we really don't talk about this ahead of time. We really don't, we don't, we don't talk about our picks ahead of time or what Andrew's going to talk about or what kind of tangent we go off on. But mm-hmm. one of the things he talked about was like the site test, right? And he talks about this all the time, watch the games, you know, like he gets his picks and he takes his picks and he makes his plays based on watching the games. And I hope a lot of you listened to our Thursday night football preview last night, maybe played some fantasy sports or, or you name it. And we're checking out the stats of folks, but I hope you watched the game and saw that Baker Mayfield looked good, you know, and his coach was smart and put him in positions that he thrives in, you know, and, and his stats would have been even better had the game not been basically out of hand for the entire fourth quarter or half the third, you name it. Um, and he had great stats and he had great completion percentage. He made one mistake and you're going to have to live with that when you have, you know, what some people are calling the next Brett Favre. Um, you know, he's going to throw some interceptions, but you got to take the good with the bad, right? So, and Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is a real deal. And I yeah. think, you know, I, when, when, when LeBron James tweets about you and says, you got that it factor, forget about it. You know, when you said buy Joe Burrow cards, that alone is enough for me to go and invest in him. When you got somebody like that, you know, a goat out there, you know, noticing your game, and he looked good, and he looked poised, and he took some hits, and every time he took a hit, he took bad hit, hit. He, he stood right back hit. up, looked at the defense, was like, okay, keep coming. You know, I will tell you, for him to have longevity, that offensive line's got to do a better job of protecting him. But here's what's fun. I love all those guys. But there was a guy in that game who, to me, head and shoulders, looked like a fantastic play above all of them, and it's somebody I hadn't even looked at. And it's overlooked because we have such a recency bias here. Everybody wants to buy this year's class and last year's class. And, and they're not looking beyond uh, 2018 unless it's uh, Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey that year. But that same year, 2017, I'm going to bring you a play today that I, I, the guy was fantastic. And I think he's only going to get better and he's young. The Bengals running back, Joe Mixon. He was fantastic. I mean, that guy had moves. He's got a, a tremendous lower body where, you know, he's breaking tackles, um, you know, he was involved in the passing game, which says a lot because Giovanni Bernard is just a passing game specialist. I think you can see Mixon mm-hmm. mix it up a little bit more on that. But I looked, and you can buy his Prism card in quantity for less than $20 in 2017 Prism card. And the PSA 10s have not started running yet. And I'm betting that that guy is going to have a fantastic season with Joe Burrow, a rookie quarterback, leaning on a running back like that, right? Um, and it's just, you know, it's just a play that I'm going to bring to you guys based on just – watching the game just watching last night's game and saying all right this kid he's undervalued i look at his prices and i expect them to be higher and one more watching the game tip for you guys i like mixing but here's another one uh, andrew only knows this because i text him every time but do you know who leads the major league in home runs and no one's gonna catch him luke voigt has 20 home runs it's absurd yeah bats yeah hundreds get bats like you know i mean uh, a third of a season basically he's got 20 home runs and i'd like to say it's a fluke luke but it's not. It's not fluke void. Because if you look at the last 160 games, you look at the last 200 games that he's played since he's come over, um, the guy's been impressive. 
He's relatively healthy when he's there. I mean, he had a, you know, like a, a core injury at one point, but um, you know, he really does look good. And um, I, I mean, he's not going to win the MVP, but he's in the top five now. He's going to get MVP votes. He's got some, ple- some, ple- some uh, press, some publicity, you name it. And here's what's funny. That guy, when he was traded to the Yankees a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, he was like a throw-in. It was like I, he might have been traded for a player to be named later by the Cardinals. So it's amazing, you know, how that has come about. And my play on Luke Voigt for you is the 2017 Tops Update Luke Voigt Rookie US 281. I looked this morning, and there was a lot of five of them for $40 or best offer. So this is an $8 card, right? And it's not one that anybody opened up 2017 tops and graded. There's not that many of them graded out there. So I would not recommend buying the PSA 10s on him right now because the PSA 10s are too much because there's not a lot. People who have them now and see that he's leading the majors in home runs are going to charge through the nose on him. But the raw, you're going to be able to get his raw in quantity cheap, less than $10, and grade him, and you have an expensive card. Because this is a guy, he's young, he's on a great team, and he's literally stealing the spotlight from, we've talked about Yankees, Eric Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Gleyber Torres, Gary Sanchez, you name it. This guy is outplaying all of them. And you don't get too many rookie plays. So there's two plays. There you go. (laughs) Listen, and you can buy 100 of my two plays for less money than your one. That's why I love you, man. That's why we're a good pair. Felix Felix and Oscar. Joe Mixon, 2017 Prism. Yes, And Luke Voigt, Tops, 2017, just Series 1. That is it. Joe Mixon, silver. So they're all silver from 2017. He's card number 261, Joe Mixon, 2017 Panini Prism. Like I said, they're available 20 bucks in quantity, so you could probably find it for less. Um, if you want a little sneaky play, Select has a 2016 XRC of him. It's number nine. It's a cool-looking card uh, for Mixon. But I would stick with the Panini Prism. But if you can't find him and you don't find him in your then that Select one is a cool card also. And the second play is the 2017 Tops Update Luke Voigt US 281. If you can't find that, they're a Chrome version of him also in, in Update for that year. And they're both fine. I, I wouldn't mind buying either one of them. But for some reason, when I look the the Tops paper, which is my preferred card to go to because it's hard, you know, they're, they, usually, uh, they usually have better long-term value because they're tougher to grade. Um, they're, they, they're actually a little cheaper than paper ones. Um, but if you find Chrome ones in your price range, you got to pick them up too. People haven't jumped on them yet. Outside of New York, people don't even know who he is. KJ, I know you got to run. Yep. Real quick, can you give us like 30 seconds? To me, it always feels like Select is a personal collection item. Prism yep. is the investment move. Is that, is that about right? Yes, or do 100%. you think an opportunity to appreciate too, just not as much? Um, so it depends, right? So this one here, this one here, the reason why I gave it, because it's actually a year before. So I like select, but I'll always go prism if it's the same thing. But Mixon, he's actually got a 2016 XRC card. And it's in the Bengals jersey, right? So if you type in 2016 select, it's actually a year before. So you could make an argument. Look, let's just say Mixon becomes the next Barry Sanders. And his cards are as collectible as they can be there will be a faction of people out there who are collecting the 2016 card. Do you see it? Are you looking it up? See what I'm, what I'm showing you or not? I'm, I can't believe you just compared Mixon to Barry Sanders. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying if he becomes that, that's the all-time best running back for me. But I'm just saying if, if he becomes something that people are collecting, then yeah, the fact that there's a 2016 select and a 2017 prism is going to, it's going to matter. Um, and he's in New Jersey. You know, there are a lot of people out there who think that the, the 2002 finest LeBron, is the card to chase. 
instead of the 2003 Topps Chrome. Did you know that that he had a Topps card before that Topps Chrome? So so take a look. Is it, how could it, it's an XR6. So it was made when he was drafted. It's the one of him in the white suit. Oh, this is cool. I like this. this. So it's a cool card. It's a flashy card. I like it. Um, and it pales in value comparison to the 2003 Topps Chrome. It's almost like uh, Mantle 52 Topps and Mantle 51 Bowman. You know, the 52 Topps is not really his rookie. But it's a little different. Another, another comparison is the Maguire card. 87 Topps is his Topps rookie card, but the 85 XRC is his, uh, you know, his, his pre-rookie card, let's call it, when he's in his U.S. Olympic team jersey, 1985 Topps. So, I mean, there are those cards out there. Most of the time, they're relegated to, um, to you know, novelty status. But I'll tell you, that 85 Topps McGuire is the one to have. The 2002 Topps finest LeBron is not. Um, yeah, I'm did you even know that existed, that card? No, well, I, I, we hop on here every day and, you know, we want to do the best we can. We want to share our best practice, our best secrets. Uh, we don't charge you guys a dollar for this. And the value that's in this episode, I think, is it, it just blows away any other episodes we've done. Uh, it's very tactical. It's, our, it's in the weeds. There's so much you could take out of this episode and go action on. Uh, I hope you guys do. Thanks, Luca Nation. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Listen. I love doing this stuff. I hope we don't confuse you with throwing all these weird little things out there at you. But, you know, Andrew's got some really good tips um, in this one here, right? So keep track of your stuff. Keep track of your cards. You know, almost be robotic about it, you know. And, and it's funny because I will – I'll text him with fire and brimstone. And I'm pissed. I'm pissed at this one. I'm pissed at that one. And, you know, when, you, when we come on here and we chat, I'm sure you guys giggle at it how I, I kind of like, you know – I make fun of his, uh, you know, his, his, his feng shui mentality and his, uh, his yogi style. But every once in a while, you know, it, it's, it, it actually makes sense, right? Because if you take a step back and you, woo-saw, you know, well, we, you did it once with my, my PSA return, right? The silver linings on a PSA return. You were, you were like, look at how much the nine sells for, you know? I want clarity in my decision-making. Yep. That's really what I look for. Like, I don't want my monkey mind. So like, I think we all have two minds inside of us. We have like clarity, our intuition, uh, our voice, uh, whatever people want to call it. And then we have the monkey mind, which just like looks for problems. And I try to quiet that. So I don't know if that's loose, but it's, it's taken some practice. Well, I don't know about that whole thing. I was giving you a compliment and now you just went down a weird little hole with some it's sort real. of. It's real, man. Monkey thing. I don't even know what to see. Dude, I got to quit now. What the hell are you talking about? So you wait, like we wake up every morning. The monkey mind looks for problems. What is Here's going what we're going to do. I'm going to cut you off and make you stop talking. And what we're going to say is anybody who's listening to this now and wants to comment when we post this episode, who writes monkey mind in, in the comments, you write monkey mind in there. I'm going to give away some cards. Uh, let's see. What should I give away? What should I give away? Um, how about, oh, Ian's giving me a card. This is a Bo Bichette rookie card. Um, yeah, I like that. But how about this? How about uh, I'm going to pick somebody who writes Monkey Mind in, in the comments, and I'm going to give away a Tyler Hero Prism rookie card. How's that sound? One that could possibly grade PSA 10. I'm going to take it out of my PSA sub because wow. that's your favorite guy, so how can I not give that away? That's so a- I'm going to give a Tyler Hero Prism 
for listening to the end. Monkey key mind. What the heck is monkey mind? Anyway, doesn't matter what it is. Just comment it, guys. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.